You're listening to episode 12 of the Fearless English podcast. Welcome to the Fearless English podcast, where it's all about helping you confidently communicate with anyone without compromising who you are. Let's get started, Fearless Learner. Hello, everyone. Today, I have Adam and Katuna joining me to talk about problems and solutions. Hello, Adam. Hello, Katuna. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not not bad. Yeah, I'm okay as well. What about you, Halima? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm super excited about today's topic because I think it's a useful one for students that maybe some people might be coming to them to ask them for advice or they might be giving the advice. So let's get started. Who wants to start with the very first problem? I will start. Okay. Amazing. So what's your problem, Katuna? My problem is that I am unable to say no to people because I'm scared that I will hurt their feelings. Mm. So if somebody asks me for things, I would always say yes, even if I it's not something I want to do. So I will just spend time with someone I don't want to spend time with because I don't want to hurt their feelings. So this is a classic um, people-pleasing problem. So what would you do if you were in my situation? If somebody you didn't really have anything in common with asked you to go out for dinner, a colleague, for example, but you know you don't have much in common, what would you do? This is a, a difficult situation, but actually I think a lot of people have this situation happening to them. If I were in the same situation, well, I think you have to be polite. You don't really want to hurt anyone's feelings, but you have to find a way to explain your position without causing any offence. What do you think, Kalina? What were you going to say? If I were you, Katuna, I'd probably do the same thing where it's like, I find it really difficult to say no to people, like thinking about it now. I've had experience where people don't like to listen to no. They just hate people refusing. And I think as a society, we tend to just absolutely hate it. And and especially people from the UK, we tend to use a lot of, I guess, phrases and vocabulary to avoid direct no with someone. Even the other day I was talking about just saying bye. We would never just say bye. We would talk about, we would say, oh, um, I hope to see you next week or let's meet up sometime. So it's just like that awkwardness of being direct with someone is definitely something I would avoid. But at the same time, it's something we do need to practice more of. Yeah, it's a hard one because you have, especially as Helena was saying, in the, in the UK, people don't like to usually be so direct with their language. They wouldn't like to directly say, no, I don't want to go to a restaurant with you. Yeah, so if I were you, I would say, I would love to go to a restaurant with you and then, but. So so it's always great to, to start with, you know, positivity, you know, and then giving them a reason that you can't. Maybe you have to do extra work or like, Again, you don't have to give a reason or you could just, I'm not feeling up to it today. 
But I think that first part of being positive and saying, you know, I would love to do this with you. I think is that's the most important part. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I agree. And then you can make your excuse <laughs> to get out of it <laughs> after you've been positive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have tried that. Mm-hmm. And, but what I find is you find an excuse once and this person is going to ask you again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really awkward to find an excuse for the second time. So normally I would just say yes in the first place. So because I know this person would ask me to go out again. I find it so rude to refuse when somebody asks you out for dinner or just for a coffee. I find it so rude to say, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Okay, you can find an excuse once, but what would you do? Like the second time, would you? Would you find an excuse again if the person asks you again, let's go for dinner? Oh, you remember we wanted to go out for dinner? What would you do the second time? Would you find an excuse again? Or would you not find it rude to find an excuse again the second time? Yeah, absolutely. But what I want to say is that that's something I'm working on because I think you teach people how to treat you. And we need to get used to getting uncomfortable with these kinds of situations like people asking you to go out when you don't want to people asking you for favors people asking you for your time whatever it is we have to get comfortable saying no even if it's like a hundred times because then it sets the tone with how they should treat you and how they should be with you like for example my brother is a good example of someone like that. He tends to say no more than he says yes. And when he says yes, people appreciate it so much more than someone else who says yes all the time. They like treasure his time when he does say yes. But does your brother have many friends? Yes, he does. <laughs> he does? <laughs> you sound surprised. I'm the yeah, only because, one with no friends in this family. <laughs> yeah, because if I ask someone, like for example, to meet up once and the person said, oh, they were busy or something, I would not ask them again. Mm-hmm. Sure. I would wait for them. I would wait for them to get back to me whenever they are available. So someone like your brother, if he said once, no, I, I am busy. I don't want to go out. I would not ask him again. I would mm-hmm. ask, I would wait for him to invite me next time. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's important to you, having many friends? No, it's not important, but I don't like people being angry with me or just upset because of me. You know, I, it just bothers me. Um, once, <laughs> like once I, you know, years ago, I stopped being friends with someone who was overbearing and I still feel guilty about it oh wow you're right you know because I feel the same way it was just so difficult for me to treat the situation I mean deal with the situation like an adult I feel like a lot of that is learning to communicate but not communicate like in a direct way but learn how to let someone down gently Because I do believe that people just don't, they can't read between the lines. They can't understand that you don't want to hang out with them, but they'll just keep trying, especially people that love including people. They're like, oh, Katuna's in the corner of the room. We must include her. 
in every party, um, restaurant gathering, whatever it is. So they think they're doing like kind of you a favor, but maybe if I were you, I would take that person on the side and just say, look, I really don't like going out with people. I don't feel comfortable in that situation. And then maybe you won't get like a request. I mean, how do you feel about doing that? I wouldn't. I would find it so awkward, especially (laughs) face to face conversation. Can I talk to you for a second? No, I wouldn't. Well, One way you? I figured out to, mm-hmm. like, for example, when somebody um, WhatsApps you, if you don't want to, for example, go out with this person or spend time with this person, just reply after 10 hours. <laughs> so, it's a lot easier on social media yeah. to, to kind of ignore a message. Yeah. But face-to-face, face-to-face is a different story. Yeah. You can't sit and wait for 10 hours. <laughs> You have to respond to them pretty quickly. What would you do, Hatuna, if somebody else came to you with the same problem? What advice would you give them? I would say uh, find an excuse. Find an excuse. Yes. So I think that's the answer. Just say thank you for for the invitation. I would love to, but I have already planned something on Saturday. Let's do it another day. And if you don't really care about this person that much and upsetting this person, I would find an excuse again if they contacted me again. That's the answer then. Find an excuse. Find an excuse. Halima, are you happy with that solution? I feel like for the short term that works, but long term you have to find a different solution, one million percent. Or else (laughs) it just starts to get really awkward. Like people start to like read into the situation a little bit too much and like, think that you hate them or you they've done something wrong to you so that's what ends up happening I think from the get-go as soon as they ask just say look I don't really go out with people that's it and then once you do that it's like they won't kind of read the wrong message of okay like this person is like actually doesn't like me they keep saying no and so on so yeah because it's not about like for example there are some people I can go out, you know, with them if we are a group of people. Not many people you can spend one-to-one time with. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they are a group of people, four or five people, you would go, I would go out with this person and I would include this person and I would invite them. Mm. But because we don't have much in common to spend one-to-one time, there are so many people I would not spend one-to-one time with because we would have nothing to talk about, especially... If I have to do all the entertaining, <laughs> if the person does not give much back, so you have to do all the entertaining and all the talking and initiating topics. So, you know, that's why I'd rather go out with three, four people. So this way, you know, there's no awkward silence. So, but one-to-one, not everyone. I would just not go out one person not everybody if i don't have much in common with or much to talk about okay great so let's move on to the next problem i want to talk about my problem next um um, so my problem is exercising so i really want to get fit and i can see how my future self will be will appreciate me having a fit body not having to go to the doctors all the time because of 
problems. And my problem is I want to know how I can regularly go to the gym and make it priority. You know, I, if I were you, I would find someone who would want to exercise with me. It always works. You know, when we lived <laughs> with my colleagues, we would exercise together because we knew that, for example, if I didn't go down to the gym to exercise, they would call me and say, I'm waiting for you. Come. So I would find someone to who would, I would exercise with. I actually love that advice because I recently um, joined the gym that my cousin goes to and we've started kind of saying, okay, we're going to go together. But that's just like, I think twice a week. But that's definitely helped me have some accountability when it comes to like somebody's meeting me at the gym. So I have mm -hmm. to go. So that's definitely helped. But for the mm -hmm. other days, I need like to know what, else, how can I? You know, I find gyms so boring. Um, I would find something that is fun and the way um, that, you know, like you can meet people. For example, you know, I used to go to tennis classes. And it was so much fun. You exercise a lot, but you don't feel like I don't want to go because I don't want to exercise because it's so much fun. And you meet people and you play with other people. So if you find something that is fun and you can use it as a way to meet people, it's always fun. So I would find something that, like, for example, I enjoyed playing tennis and I enjoyed aqua aerobics a, a lot because we were there would be so many of us like 10 of us in the swimming pool and we would exercise and it was so much laughter. Every time somebody fell, we would just <laughs> laugh so much. So something well, that you enjoy doing. <laughs> yeah, like we, when we had to run in the pool, you would not, <laughs> like sometimes you would fall and then everybody would start laughing and help you. And it was so much yeah. fun. And, you know, this at the beginning the when you started total strangers but then after the one class you already become friends because you laugh so much and mm. it's fun so I would find something that is fun and a way that you can meet people because when you meet people when you're doing sports it's fun it's not awkward it's not like what do you do yeah. you know boring questions I can't I can't meet people like that so but when you're playing games it's so much fun and it's not awkward so you get to know each other um, you know, in a more organic way. Yeah, that's great advice, Katuna. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, because if, you, if you're just going to go down the gym by yourself, it's really, really hard to get motivated, really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing that can be useful is if you sign up and pay for some classes, um, because then if you've paid for it and the class is going to take place at a certain time, then it's harder for you to put it off. Mm -hmm. yep. And if you pay for it, you want to get your money's worth and, and turn up and do it. Yeah, that's. I think what I've taken from this is have account, an accountability partner, book some classes like at the gym that like require a certain time and place so that you have that kind of, okay, I'm going from this time to this time. I'll be able to do certain activities and it's not just going from the treadmill to the bicycle and then, I mean, back again. Like Yeah, I, I like um, dance classes. are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. so if you can join some dance classes, yeah, great they have, exercise. My gym has like lots of dance and 
different types kind of, of dance? Zumba, I think. I don't know if that's like considered uh, as dance. Is that considered as dance? Yeah, it's yeah, a dance. Yeah, yeah, I like Zumba. Yeah, I think classes are great because it happens at a certain time. So you can't think to yourself, oh, you know, I'll just do this email first or, yeah, you know, I'll go in half an hour. You have to go at that time. So it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for the advice, guys. Shall we move on to Adam? What problem do you have, Adam? can we help um, you with yeah so for me for my problem um i don't really like making presentations so in my job i've got lots of opportunities to make presentations um but i usually kind of turn them down or i don't follow them through because i get very nervous if i have to make a presentation in front of a group of people so i try and um so I usually just turn the opportunities down. Um, so that's something I'd like to, to overcome, to deal with. If I were you, mm-hmm. I, would, uh, I would do a presentation in front of my friend, for example. Because I remember the first time I did my workshop, I was really nervous. Because I was like, what if the information I give these people, they already know? What if they challenge me? How am I going to respond? And then I did my first presentation with a a few friends. And this gave me confidence because everything went really well. And it turned out that I had more to say than I thought. When they challenged me, I said, like, you know, ask me questions, challenge. I was able to defend myself. So Mm -hmm. and defend the ideas in the workshop. So I would try, definitely try with people you trust, do a presentation and ask for advice. It's always a good idea also to record yourself, but this could be a bit risky. But I would definitely do it with people and see what advice they give you. Because I remember the first time I did my workshop, I was very nervous, but then I became addicted. I wanted to do a workshop every single day, week. Every day. I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) I loved it because you're completely in control. You have these teachers, you you ask them questions, you challenge them. And I became obsessed. I became I, I love doing the workshops now. Wow. That's really inspiring to hear. So Adam, if I were you, I would, like Katuna says, practice because I remember one time, not one time, like a long time ago, about two years ago. I was absolutely afraid of going live on Instagram. Mm. And it was the part that was the scariest for me was clicking the live button. But after that, like after a few minutes after clicking the button, I would feel a lot calmer. And so for me, it was just the beginning part of anything that I would do publicly like a live. And what I noticed is that now I don't feel scared to click on the button because I've done it like a few hundred times. The more I think you can just put yourself in a situation where you're like, I'm absolutely terrified, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it scared. Like you're facing your fear. So what tends to happen when you face your fear is that your brain kind of gets used to like being in that situation. So it gets less and less. You don't feel as anxious as you did the very first time you present. And then it gets easier and easier. So my thing is don't avoid the things that you're scared to do. 
Yes, right. because you you might enjoy it because now I enjoy it so much. And I remember the first time I was so nervous. I thought, oh my God, I hope I'm not going to faint. <laughs> or just if they challenge me, what am I going to say? I don't want to go yeah. like, ah, I have nothing to say. Yeah. But once I did this for first workshop, I enjoyed it so much. I said, yes, I need to do the next and next and next. And now I absolutely love it. Like one more thing, if I were you, I would also like prepare mm. a lot. Preparation is everything in life. The more you can prepare, get your slides ready, your notes, the more you can prepare in anything, job interview, whatever situation you're in, preparation is key, I think, because it allows you to have everything you need because you're already nervous. You don't want to be thinking, what am I supposed to say next? Am I supposed to, which slide is is coming up? this slide wasn't supposed to be here because you didn't practice. So it kind of lets you down and, and you feel even more nervous because you're not prepared. Right. Great advice. Thank you very much. And recording yourself is excellent because you don't, until you record yourself and listen to yourself, you don't realize what you are saying. Mm-hmm. You know, when I record myself and I listen to it, I am so surprised that I don't remember saying so many different things. And I said, we are not in control of what comes out of your mouth because Mm -hmm. we just keep saying things and I have no (laughs) idea. And the worst is when you record yourself and then when you have it transcribed, Mm -hmm. you will be shocked how many more things you are saying and how you're saying them and you have no idea. So I would start with recording your lessons. When you're teaching, you record your lessons. Great advice. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic advice, guys. So there you go. Um, three different problems and their solutions. Sparingly. You don't have to overuse it. But if you're talking about perhaps an imaginary situation, like yeah. what would you do if you were in this person's shoes? Oh, great. Um, Could you give us some some examples? Um, yeah, so I think when I was speaking to Hatuna, I said, what would you say to somebody if they had the same problem as you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if you guys can go back and like just try to notice the different times that we use the second conditional to give advice. Coolio, guys. So... I hope the listeners found this useful. I know that I enjoyed talking to you guys. So thank you so much for coming over and talking about advice and solutions. Thank you, Halima. It was was interesting. Very good talk. Thanks. Thank you for having us, Halima. Right. So homework time. I want you to listen again to this podcast episode. And I want you to notice how we gave advice, what type of language did we use. Try to notice that and write it down. I'm going to be giving you some examples in the show notes. Hello, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Female Language Academy. It's my monthly membership for women where I provide lessons to help students develop their English fluency. All you have to do is go to www.blackboardenglish.com forward slash 
F-L-A. That's www.blackboardenglish.com forward slash F-L-A. See you in class.